0: Hello, and welcome to the Signpost End Podcast, a space at life's crossroads to connect with God and find direction. Pour yourself a drink, grab a seat, and join us on the back porch for a friendly conversation about Christian prayer, spirituality, and faithful theology. My name's Matt.
1: And I'm Brandon, and we're really glad you're here. The Signpost End Podcast is brought to you by the Signpost End Ministry, where we offer spiritual direction, retreats and sabbatical residencies, and lots of resources and training. You can find out more about what we do and support us by visiting signpostden.org. On today's episode, we're going to talk about prayer as a personal response to God's presence. But before we do that, I want to let you know that we have several group prayer retreats coming up this fall. Do you want to learn to pray better? Do you need time away from all the noise? Time to just be with God? To listen and to be heard yourself? Then we invite you to join us in the beautiful Colorado mountains for a weekend of solitude prayer and encouragement. These aren't your normal retreats. We don't have a program and we don't have curriculum. Instead, we offer support and guidance as you spend lots of time alone with God. So whether you're a veteran or a beginner, you'll find that our contemplative prayer retreats are for you. Come away with Jesus and rest a while. Sign up at signpostin.org. And now, here's the show.
0: All right, so Brandon, let's have a conversation about prayer. Prayer is one of the primary resources that Signpost In offers. Um, maybe it'd be a good idea to just start out by defining it. What What is prayer? How do you talk about it? How do you think about it? How do you wrap your mind around this thing that is sometimes we just take for granted, yet at the same time is still somewhat mysterious, even for people who have been in the Christian faith for a very long time?
1: Yeah, Yeah. So this is something that I learned, uh, have been learning a lot about. And the first thing that has helped me that I hope will help others knowing what prayer is, is that prayer is, begins with is a personal response to God, to his actual presence. So what I've noticed is that what I noticed in myself was that we that I often approached prayer sort of as a I'm going to go talk and say things to God um but often it felt like I was just praying into an empty room you know I was flinging open the door and praying into this empty room hoping that somebody would be listening and I have learned through a lot of struggles and God coming to me and and making things different for me that that prayer really is more like talking. Well, it's not more like it actually is talking to the real God who's really present with us all the time. Um, I, you know before you and I started, Matt, I sent you an article that this podcast is based on, just titled that that prayer is a personal response to God's presence. And well, I came across that article in, in just my own studies and it changed my prayer life. In what way? And the, like how? Because it introduced me, which I, I think I knew, but it introduced me to this idea that prayer is like a conversation with my wife. So many of us pray, um, like I said, talking to, uh, so many of us pray um, like we like it's a Bible study rather than a conversation. We think about God. We talk about God, but we don't talk to God. And if you imagine that, like what if you had a conversation, if your wife was present in the room and you were talking about her in her presence and you were having thoughts about her and you were thinking good things about her? That's all lovely. That's good stuff. But she's right there. (laughs) You know, talk to (laughs) her rather than think about her or talk about her. Okay. And well, I get
0: what you're saying there, but let me push back a little bit, because what do you, what would you say to somebody who wants something like that, but at the same time has often approached prayer and has felt like their prayers for a long time are sort of dry and impersonal? Like, how do we get, how do we get from there to what you're talking about? Yeah.
1: Well, okay, let's start with that distinction between um, what we might call meditating and conversing or talking. So in the Christian tradition, the idea of meditating actually goes back to um, for a long time, it has basically meant chewing the cud or thinking about stuff like so a a cow chews its cud right and what the way that works is a cow swallows what it's first chewed and then later it brings it back up and chews on it again and it's really gross (laughs) but that's been a metaphor for the way that we should be thinking and studying scripture so we read scripture it goes in it gets turned around, it comes back up, and we think about it some more, and it, and then we, we digest it. Hmm. And that's a lovely, good thing to do with Scripture. We ought to be doing that with Scripture. But that's different than talking to God. That's different than praying. It's the place where God can first speak to us, and we hear God, and we encounter God in Scripture. But then... The, the next step is a response to him is a, and, and, and that's what the point, a personal response to him, that we are actually encountering God as a person. A lot of what I think people are doing when they, they, their, their prayer life is dry is first, they're treating God like He's a set of propositions to be understood and there's a you know there's there's a real distinction to be made there too you medit you can meditate on anything you can meditate on quantum mechanics you can meditate on the on mowing your lawn you can meditate on anything you can think about anything without actually engaging that thing at all okay you can think about persons you can, I could think about you and you don't have to be there right but then Then there's this other thing, which there are persons in the world. There's not, you know, God is not a thing. He's a person. He's a he, not an it. Okay. And when when prayer goes from meditating on God's word, which is an important part where God speaks, to me actually acknowledging and consenting to the presence of the person of god right here with me in this room right now then i can begin to i can begin to interact with him that way now okay the question you asked which is really important is how does someone go there how does someone get to that right. point because I, you're right i've had a lot of people ask me the question of like well i don't feel god's presence and i think i think one way to think about that is if you're talking to somebody you really love or somebody, a good friend, your spouse, you know, you're, you're in the conversation with them. What does it feel like, you know, I'm making air quotes right now if people can't see, but what does it feel like to be in that person's presence?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And, And maybe that'd be fun to ask you. If you think about that question, what does it feel like to be in, in your wife's presence?
0: Well, I mean, the first thing that enters into my mind is, well, it doesn't really feel like anything. It's just like we're here and she's there and we engage, but it doesn't have necessarily a feeling
1: necessarily. Yeah. And I think a lot of people who are, I, I know for me, this was true. When I say I didn't feel God's presence, I was... And I still often do fall into this trap, especially when I feel really bad and when I'm depressed or sad, I'm looking for some sort of like miraculous experience, right? I, I want some sort of like, I don't know, strange warmth. Um, I want I, I, to, I don't know what I'm looking for. And that's, the, that's like right there, that should tell you that something else is going on because I really don't know what I'm looking for. Hmm. Okay. So true prayer really begins when I set aside that kind of I'm looking for something extra special here. And I consent, and that word is really important to me. Okay. I actually willfully choose just give over to and and I think the an, a, another word for it is surrender to reality mm. that God is actually personally present here and now.
0: Okay. So so you're kind of saying, it sounds like what you're saying is, is that it's a false assumption on our part to assume that, you know, that quote unquote, when God shows up, there is this miraculous move, or maybe there's like, we sense a rushing wind or see a burning bush, or just have this uh, sense of awe is actually a false assumption on our part that we really need to embrace what we think we believe about the omnipresence of God and recognize He is already there and you don't need some sort of spiritual experience
1: to recognize His presence. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, there's a couple things that you just said that I want to pick up on. Um, One is... God certainly can come in those like massively obvious uh, miraculous ways, and the story of Scripture is of people who've had those experiences with God and then recorded them. <laughs> one of the faulty things that, we, like the one of the, the the problems that we slip into, what, faulty ways of thinking, is that if God hasn't done that for us then he's not present. Hmm. But of course, how many people in all of history got to have that kind of miraculous big experience with God? Well, not very many. Does that mean that God doesn't care about the rest of us? No. What it means is that those are special cases. Those are not the norm. Those are not descript- you know a prescriptive of how we should expect God to work. Hmm. Those are just descriptive of a few important places where God comes to talk to prophets or to others who need to have these things for whatever reason. For the vast majority of us, he works primarily through his word, Hmm. through his scriptures. And then as Christ points out, and this is the second thing I wanted to point out, is it's not just god's omnipresence like god is everywhere so we're sort of always in god's presence that is certainly true but what christ tells us is that now we are the temple of god that the holy spirit god's own spirit dwells in us and if you start thinking about what that means that'll bake your brain right what does it mean for the spirit of god to dwell inside us. Well, it dwelt in the Holy of Holies in the temple. That's where God's hmm. spirit was prior to Christ. It was, it. he, the spirit was in the tabernacle prior to the temple. Wow. And now he's in us. Wow. And there's, I forget the reference right now, but there's this wonderful place in scripture that says, uh, it's in Corinthians, I believe, that we have the mind of Christ because the Holy Spirit. Who knows God? Who knows the internals of a man except for his spirit? And God's Spirit now dwells in us. So it's not just that we're in God's omnipresence, and you know, there's these special few who get to have the special experiences with God. It's that we are we have been drawn up into the life of the Trinity by being made the, the Holy of Holies through Christ's work. We are in the personal presence of God all the time. We are, God is not just around us, hmm. but he is personally in us and personally with us right now. So what when we sit down, let's say we take a special time to pray. I mean, first of all, the implication of what we just said is you don't need a special time to pray. You can pray in your car. You can pray while you're walking. You can pray while you're working out. Hmm. Yeah, But if you take a special time to pray, and even, if, even when you're doing those other things, the first step always would be to take a minute or two to acknowledge and consent to the fact of reality that God is personally present with me and personally interested and loves me. And that's real. That's now you're having a conversation with God Wow. because you're talking to him. You're not thinking about him. You're not talking about him. You're talking with and to him. I mean,
0: that's pretty incredible. In fact, I'm, <laughs> my mind is kind of blown right now because the, the thing that you mentioned about um, the spirit of God and the presence of God being the thing that was in the holy of holies is now dwelling in us. I'd never made that connection before. That's that's kind of mind-blowing to think about that. And and I th- you might have just answered this, but how do we how do you, how does the average Christian take advantage of that? How do we bring our awareness to that? I mean, what cuz that sounds out of this world. And yeah. my daily experience is not out of this world. It's very mundane. And yet yeah. you're you're telling me that I'm in constant fellowship and in the presence of God at all times. I mean, how do I, how do I, or any other Christian take advantage of that fact? And how do we
1: experience that? Yeah. I think, again, there's a misconception about what it's like to experience God's presence. hmm And I think a lot of, a lot of heresies and a lot of very misguided attempts to help Christians have begun with this misconception that's, that I get, that somehow experiencing God is a special class of experience. It because I mean the simple fact is if what Jesus said is true and what we believe to be true is true and it is then it, then the experience of God is not a special class of experience reserved for the holy few that you know only by some sort of miraculous thing, it's as mundane as talking to you and me or talking to your wife or talking to your best friend. He, what does it feel like to be in the presence of God? I don't know. What do you feel like right now? It goes right back to that question. I just, you know, we asked earlier, what does it feel like to talk to your wife? And you're like, well, it doesn't feel like anything. And, and I think one of the important things you just like that point makes is Prayer is not about me experiencing something. Mm -hmm. You know, if you come into this and you're like, I want to have a special, I need to, I, well, we've just, do you go and talk to your wife like that? Are you like, I'm going to go talk to my wife and have a conversation about anything. And you know what really matters is how I feel during this conversation. (laughs) Do you know what really matters is that she really makes me, I've got, I got this really, no, like your focus is on her. Hmm. That's that's your conversation. And it's not this weird focus. Like I need to have a focus on God so that he will again, we've it's so funny in our holy and pious desires, we shift it into, I'm going to earn something from God because I'm going to have my focus on him. Hmm. No, the first step is to just surrender all that stuff to consent to God loves me. He's here. He is He is my life. He is my breath. I, I don't need... The reason I don't need anything is because it's all already present. God is already there giving it to me. Wow. Yeah. You know, as
0: you were saying that, it occurred to me that... At how incredible that actually is, because we, we often make a big deal out of the incarnation... And we talk, we talk about it at Christmas, we talk about it at Easter. Here is God himself who has condescended to dwell with us, to become, to take on human flesh and be with us, God with us, right? Emmanuel. Yeah. And yet what you're saying right now is essentially that that hasn't ended, that this ultimate condescension of the creator of the universe coming to live with us is co- going on every moment of the day personally with us not just on earth somewhere but literally by our side every moment of the day and that's kind of mind-blowing
1: yeah christ unites us to the father through the spirit and brings us into this conversation with god a constant full conversation with god um which has been the purpose of God since creation, right? That's what was broken at the beginning. Hmm. He used to walk and talk with Adam and Eve. He used to be with them. And what they did is they, they, they stopped trusting that he loved them hmm. and took things into their own hands, and that broke the conversation. It, of course it did. Just like if you don't think that your wife loves you, Are you going to talk to her? I mean, mean, sure, but it's not going to be, it's going to be pretty harsh conversation, right? Mm. What Jesus did was restore that trust. He fixed the broken trust between us and God. And he puts within us his own spirit his spirit, which is the love that he and the father share. Hmm. Wow. I mean, that's, that's really mind blowing. That's really mind blowing. And so how did that change my prayer life? Well, what it meant was that whatever, you know, we can talk about different kinds of prayer, petitionary prayer, confession, et cetera, et cetera. And all those are really good and important. And we may talk about them, But they all begin and they all end, they all are different ways that I interact with, communicate with, surrender to a real person who is God himself. And we may have to unpack more of this because there's a lot of things that get in our way. We're afraid we'll fail. We're afraid that God doesn't want to talk to us. And all of those things lead, those kinds of misconceptions lead us into legalism mm-hmm. where we turn prayer into, well, I need to have a certain program or a certain path of prayer or a certain outline to my prayer because I don't want to screw it up. Mm-hmm. Or I can't, you know, I'm, I'm much more happy just focusing on doing my prayer Bible reading and writing a bunch of notes and study because I'm afraid really that God doesn't, isn't actually personal and doesn't take a personal interest interest in me. Hmm. So again, I just, I feel like this brings us back to this point that no matter what form of prayer we're doing, right? Bible study is good. Confession is good. Petitionary prayer is good. Intercessory prayer where I pray for others is good. All good parts and, and important things that, that we're told to do, but they all begin with a consent to I am doing these things with God. Mm-hmm. Not not at God or not around God or not hoping that God will listen, but actually to and with Him. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's
0: incredibly profound that's incredibly profound. And that definitely is something that once you grasp that would certainly have a
1: dramatic effect on your day, day yeah. life. For me, the how question is always the question that I want to get to. Mm-hmm. I love talking theory and you and I share this, right? Mm-hmm. You, you keep asking me that too. It's like, how do you do this? Like, I, okay, the theory is mind blowing or whatever, but how, how you go from experiencing reality, in a false way to experiencing it in a real way is not a matter of choice you don't flip a switch it's not oh i have the insight that now prayer is a personal response to god's presence and that's going to suddenly change my experience it it happens over time with other people and through practice hmm. One of the reasons that Signpost In does spiritual direction and our prayer retreats is because you can't just read about this or hear about this, and now all of a sudden everything is different for you. You you have to be willing to to try Mm -hmm. (laughs) this. And you also sometimes can't do it on your own. Most of the time you can't. So what, for example, spiritual direction, one of the things that we do in that is another human being listens to you and as you find freedom talking to that person that person sort of is a transitional grace object which which I received it's <laughs> a phrase I got from uh, my mentor they they give you they stand in a sense in a place kind of like god you get to experience with them God's personal response back. Hmm. And as you experience that, it becomes easier and easier and easier to believe that that's actually how God is treating you all the time. Wow. So I think what I'm what I want people to know is just listening to this podcast and just like having this insight that God is constantly personally present, doesn't necessarily isn't necessarily going to change anything dramatically, mm-hmm. but it might be the beginning point where you say, I'm gonna try it. I'm gonna to consent to this mm-hmm. reality that God loves me in his present. And it might be a place where God is inviting you to experience that with someone else. And grow and heal in your understanding of relationships all altogether. Mm-hmm that your relationship with god can grow and heal as well that's a whole other topic for another conversation (laughs) about what i just said but i I, you know i think the people who are the people who need to hear that will resonate with
0: that yeah wow well brandon i'm definitely going to take what we've talked about today and put it into practice and i think it's going to uh hopefully yield some really great fruit in my day-to-day life um But until then, I think we're done here on the back porch for this episode. Thank you, all you listeners, for joining us. Um, Until next time, may the grace of Jesus Christ go with you wherever the road takes you.
1: Amen. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to visit us at signpostend.org. While you're there, sign up for our e-newsletter, and we'll send you a free e-book, A Contemplative Encounter with the Psalms. This is a beautifully designed ebook which combines entirely original art from our network of artists with seven psalms and unique reflections to help you slow down and enjoy your time with God. Also, a big thank you to all of our supporters. Signpost In is a 501c3 nonprofit ministry. We exist only because of our generous donors who make everything we do possible. Please consider supporting us yourself with a recurring donation. Visit signpostin.org donate to make a donation today. Thank you.